Hi, I'm Bill Gaither, and welcome to More Than the Music, a podcast where you can join me for conversations with some of the most interesting people I know. Each episode features a special guest who has inspired me in some way during my 50 years in the music industry. You'll meet incredible artists, writers, and comedians, sports figures, and other folks I'm grateful to call my friends. Join me now for this week's episode of More Than the Music. It's going to be good. I'm talking with the lady that I've been sleeping with for the last 57 years. (laughs) (laughs) Gloria, for you who don't know, uh, a lot of people, they, they don't even say Bill. They say Bill and Gloria. Because you'd probably rather have it Glory and Bill, right? I don't care, just so they get both names in there. <laughs> uh, and I got the thing this morning, you know, I've talked to all kind of folks around the world, uh, people who are my friends. But I got to think back when I was in college and Dr. Clear and the people who used to teach sociology and uh, what was the oh, what was the course about marriage? There was a course marriage and family. It was called, I think. Yeah, I marriage and too. family. They said in choosing a mate, <clears throat> you better choose somebody that you want to be your best friend. And I thought, as as a young guy, I thought, oh, I got good friends. I go out and do stuff with, but no, that's not going to be in my mate. But that was very good advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, when when you're young, you're kind of looking at pretty and and figures and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and if you're going to sleep with somebody for 57 years, you better like having breakfast. You better like having breakfast together and drinking coffee. And after 57 years, I'd have to say to any young person who is looking at somebody to spend the next uh, 40, 50, 60 years with, you probably, the friendship thing... Probably better be pretty close to the top. Would you agree with that? Well, it's interesting. <clears throat> I wrote a poem to you um, for Valentine's Day one night, on, one day on the bus because I was stranded and couldn't get you a Valentine. And I said in it, when did I start to love you? And in that stage, we were in the middle of raising little kids. And <clears throat> and I said, um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it gets to be more than just falling in love. It's like, you know, when you're rushing to the hospital with a— fishbone in somebody's throat or when you, you know, kids have fever and all those kind of things. And so it, at that stage in our development, I said, you know, it's got to be a lot more than falling in love. But then 20 years later, when we'd been married 45 years, uh-huh. I wrote you another Valentine that said, I'm giving a lot more credit to magic these days yeah. because it has to be more than just the practical stuff of life, too. I have to really love you. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, now I'm giving more credit to the romance side. And to keep the romance all these years, I cannot tell you how important that is. And you're good at that. Well, I uh, I can build fires. You can build fires. <laughs> I can light candles. <laughs> and I can cook. That's good, too. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I'm, not just, I'm not just saying this to you. To you. My mother was always my favorite cook until I met you, and uh, and, uh, and you don't compare your your wife to your mother, but maybe in one area and well, cooking and cooking. Well, you know, with your mother, I don't mind 
She was a great cook. Yeah, and she was a great person. Yeah. She was also a romantic. She she's was she loved anything that was stray, any any dog, cat, kid, or anybody that happened by, they were hers. And I loved that about her. You have always been uh, uh, high on movies or books that relate food to romance. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and, and and you know, I think you cook your. That's interesting because I think good cooks are instinctual, like good lovers. It's not the recipe. It's it's what else you know to do. And ironically, I think. Uh, a lot of good cooks are men, and and if they're as romantic in their home life as they are in their cooking, then they're probably good lovers. But um, I, I think it's the something else always in everything. It's in a marriage, in parenting, in fixing a house, in decorating, in cooking, and in life. It's it's the something else. And I guess when I was looking for somebody to spend my life with. When high on my priority list was that something else. What is that? It doesn't go down in any of the books on, you know, how to have good manners or how to, um, I don't know, the how-to the how-to books to me in everything, including faith, like how to, you know, grow in Christ, how to read the Bible, how to pray. How to worship. How to worship. Yeah. I just like, you know what? You're wasting your time. Because the formula for prayer, for instance, is, is there isn't a formula for prayer. I like what um, Annie says in her little book, there are two praise, thank you, thank you, thank you, and help me, help me, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I think she put Jesus in there. <laughs> yeah. and, she, and she's right. I mean, in, and in between, I think, of course, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is 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 so present. I love the scripture in him. We live and move and have our being. And I say to my kids in their questioning years, where do you think you're going? Because in him you live and move and have your being. Literally, you inhale the spirit of, of God and you exhale all the stuff that's in you that you don't want on a daily, on a breath-by-breath basis. And, um, and I, I think if you can live thinking that, it is that something else. It is what holds the universe together, and it's what holds a marriage together, and what is what makes a great meal, and it's what makes you, you know, go up and tuck your kids in and read a story at night. It's it's that extra "I adore you" that is lived out, not by just words, but by trying to keep the negatives to a minimum. I asked Jim Dobson one day. Um, you know, what What would be his, you know, short secret for, to parenting? And he said, save your nose for the big stuff. Don't waste it on hair and blue jeans and stuff like that. <laughs> and I think that's just great advice. Save your nose for the minimum. And make sure that what you say no to with your kids is is cardinal, like honesty and integrity and telling the truth and following through and being faithful and those kind of things. And And then... As much yeses as you possibly can, because every kid has so much potential, and it's only pulled out by the yeses, seldom by the noes. Let's go back to that uh, 
the quality you, that you were uh, you were talking about. You know, when when people talk about the Christian faith, they say the one thing that makes a difference in the Christian faith compared to other world religions is the whole mystery thing. Uh, and you and I have talked a lot about that. Back to the marriage. The mystery, or I forget the phrase you were just using, that other element uh, in cooking rather than just the how-to that is true in the kitchen, it is true in the bedroom, it is true in the boardroom, it is true in the classroom where we used to teach. I think one of the best compliments that I can get from the 10 years I was, uh, that I was teaching is when kids come up to me and say, I loved your class. I, he's, they'd say, there was just something different about it, you know, and it's always hard to That's put- something else. That's something else. And part of that is humor, because yeah. you're funny. Part of that is humor and seeing the humor in life, not not coming down on students because they're laughing in class. It's like, no, let's share the joke, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But um, yeah, it is that something else. It's it's the zest for life. You know, you mentioned Christianity. I I think other world religions have many of them have truths. If Psalm nineteen is true and God wrote His self in the firmament, we we aren't the only ones that got any of it. So a lot of a lot of world religions have embedded in them so much beautiful truth, but but the fact that God came to walk among us and and to show us something else isn't that what everybody said about Jesus? He he speaks with such authority. I mean, they were searching for a word, and it didn't mean he were, was coming down hard on people. It was like. I listen to him. Why do I listen to him? There is something else here. And when you boil it down, it's love. I wish we had a word for it in the English language. The love that is creation, God speaking everything into existence, because God can only create. Satan can only clone and distort Mm -hmm. and lie. Mm -hmm. He He can't create anything. But that that is the word for that. It, I, we tried to put it in a musical years ago called His Love Reaching. And I said, when I was struggling with the, the, the content of that and the words for the songs, even in the song His Love Reaching, was like, there isn't a word for what I'm saying here because we love sh- Chevrolets and we love pizza and we love tennis shoes and you know we have so used and, that and, word and we all all love little puppies and we love little yeah, babies love yeah <laughs> but the love of a little baby that's a great and a puppy too yeah. is you're signing on yeah. for something that makes love endure like cleaning up poop in the carpet or yeah. you know lo- being up all night with your baby till they cry till you don't know what to do and you're just beside yourself that that endurance that love that is so deep that there's no demand that that you you didn't sign up for I'm saying and that's marriage too isn't it let me tell uh, yes the answer, <laughs> the answer is yes 
<laughs> but you know my uh, ADD mind here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew it had zoomed off. <laughs> um, As your kids used to say, Earth to Dad, Earth to Dad. <laughs> you know, one, uh, people find this hard to believe, but remember the night that we were all around the table, and it seemed like you'd all, all three of the kids and you had ganged up on me at once because you were saying, <laughs> Earth to Dad is one of those, I was in the middle of something and, and I, my body was there. I was sitting in my seat, you know, trying to be the quote unquote head of the family, but evidently my mind was somewhere else. And so, all four of you, you started, but all the kids joined in about, Dad, you're never here. I said, I'm here every night. I know your body is here, but your mind's always somewhere. You else. have no idea what I just said. <laughs> to which I said, to which I said to all of you, Well, how long has that been going on? <laughs> and he said, For years. So help me, folks, the phone rang about that time. It was a telemarketer (laughs) who said, is the head of the house here? To which I answered, not according to his family. He's been gone for years. (laughs) That really happened. (laughs) That's a real. So my ADD, is that right? Uh, Are those the right initials? Probably ADHD, all of the initials. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Went to something else when you were talking there about it's one thing to say, I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, I mean, that's it, it's it got, needs to be said by the way who people think you don't have to say it. It needs to be said, but it is lived out in, uh, in your actions. Now, let me tell this about Gloria Gaither. Gloria Gaither is, uh, is a lot of things. She's, uh, she, first of all, she's a free spirit that attracted me to her 58 years ago. And she's a she is a deep thinker that attracted me to her, and uh, I keep coming back to this element, the kindness element in you, um, and your parents. I, I, I mean, there was a kindness, and uh, as my mom told me one time with one girl I had dated, Bill, don't get hooked up with her. I said, why? And, and, oh, who's your fashion? Mom says, she's mean. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I know one thing about Gloria is there's not a mean uh, streak uh, in her. And anyway, we've had, we had arguments, my last, we've had some real arguments. But, it, but, in, uh, but meanness is not part of her. So with saying that, I'll never forget being in the room as she was talking to a dear, dear uh, business associate of ours who had signed her up for two or three different times to do something. And she was going to go in the studio and do something. And Gloria very, very kindly erased everything else she had on that day to get this done. Well, it came up and he forgot it the first time, forgot it the second time, forgot it the third time. And finally, when it fit his schedule, he called you and said, okay, Gloria, tomorrow's the deadline. And, uh, and uh, we're going to go in the studio and get this done, to which Gloria said, I'm sorry, I got to do something with the kids tomorrow. And uh, he said, she's, oh, no, no, no. We promised them that we would have this done at a certain time. She said, yes, we did. And I cleared three days to do that. And he went on a rampage of trying to throw a guilt trip on this sweet lady here. And I was listening to it. It was fun for me to listen to it because I'd been through some of the same stuff with him. 
<coughs> Gloria, I believed in you. I, I love what you do. <coughs> and I have sold this idea to this company, and we've got to get it done tomorrow. He said very emphatically. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and you're going to make a fool out of me if, if I can't get this done. I believed in you. I love what you do. And I'll never forget your answer. You said, I believe that you do believe in me. And I believe that you do love what I do. And you love my work. And I appreciate that. But when that belief level and that love level can get to the level that it affects your schedule and your commitment to to making stuff happen, then I'll believe your I love what you do and I believe in what you do. I think that's a very, very important life lesson for people because we can spew those words out all we want to spew those, but until it affects our behavior in the relationship to the other person, they're just shallow words, right? Yeah, that's really true. I remember a similar situation, and it's not that that you didn't make exceptions many times for things that were really important. But I remember um, that you we had we had decided as a family we were gone on weekends. We were always home with our kids during the week, but then during the week after the week got started, then scheduling things. We were also running running a publishing company, and we were you know writing and doing lots of other things that that commitments call for follow-through during the week. But we were, as, as we said, we were always home with our kids for supper and whatever, and ball games and things they were doing, music lessons. And, but there was a call. We had decided that we would not take anything on Monday because we were all gone on the weekend, and we had to get that. That day was our day to get with the kids and really focus back in and get our routine of the week going. And you got a call. Uh, from uh, somebody that was uh, organizing an appearance, I think it was Gerald Ford in, in Grand Rapids. Maybe, when he was president. When yeah. he was president. Yeah. And and because we had a following in Grand Rapids, Michigan, they called and said, we want you to come and sing for the president from the for this event. And you said, I'm sorry, I'm, we're booked. And he's, the, the guy said, evidently, well, I'm looking at your calendar, and you are not booked on that day. You're home. And you said, no, I'm sorry, but I am booked that day. That is that day is not available. And so he persisted, and and you finally said, that is our day to be with our family. And you will find there are a lot of people that would love to sing for the president, but it won't be us. Mm. And... And I can't tell you, you know, how grateful I was that you you were following through on your priorities because Monday was a harem scarum day, and it was the day that I was trying to cook supper and run the kids everywhere, and we were trying. I was taking laundry off the bus, and and it was just our day. We needed that day. It was our our kind of our sacred day to get back in in a regular routine, and and um, that doesn't mean that probably every time that there was something urgent, a funeral or something. I don't know that we didn't do it on Monday. But to me, that said, as a young wife with little kids traveling on the weekends, that your priorities were were as engaged as mine because I'm the mother and I had to be there. But that you felt like you had to be there meant a lot to me. You know what? I, 
I I hate to tell you this, but it wasn't because I was so humble or spiritual or spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and really, I really flirted with them because I because I was getting tired of running around with artists who would say they have sung for presidents, they have sung for kings, <laughs> they have been in the White House, <laughs> they have, and I had not done any of those things. And to be honest with you, it was very tempting to say, you know what, we need to we need to get this in our little quiver. Uh, uh, is that the right word? Quiver of arrows. Is that what you're? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get. Hey, in case you're wondering, being, a, <laughs> being an archer that you are. <laughs> <laughs> in case you're wondering. Why they say Bill and Gloria so much uh, is because it's true. And, and contrary to what Mark Lowry said when he said uh, he loves Gloria, of course, and he's always talking about how great Gloria is and everything. And he looks at me and he said, you knew a meal ticket when you saw it. <laughs> I said, Mark, that is just not true. She was a school teacher down the hall. I didn't know she could write a lyric, you know. Now I did like her notes when she she write me notes, you know. But I I didn't I didn't try her out as a lyricist. That was the farthest thing from my mind. I was really kind of I was always in love with Doris Day, and and when I used to go see Doris Day movies, I see the chubby little cheeks and that big smile. <laughs> and when I saw Gloria, I, uh, her smile, I said, uh, you know what, that's my girl. And uh, then when we got into it, it was a lot of fun. To play with words, and of course, nobody plays any more loosely with words. <laughs> and have, Whatever word floats by, <laughs> I'll grab it. But to have this sweet lady here that say, now, "Bill, if you say that in a very broad circle, you're probably going to be embarrassed," <laughs> and. You know, and in all fairness, with our writing, I was writing, I think, some sweet gospel songs. Uh, in fact, I kid about He Touched Me. That's a BG tune. That means Before Glory. Well, it really wasn't BG. You wrote it. At, we were married then. Yeah. But I did make a couple suggestions on that lyric, and thankfully, you didn't take it. Um, and the very the very lines that I said you should change is turned out to be the line that people use, which was... Um, and now I'm no longer the same. And I said, oh, I think you can come up with a better line than that. I think you just grabbed that because it rhymed. But it turned out that everybody had their own now I'm no longer the same story. And because it was sort of a, both broad and detailed, it turned out to be a, a genius line after all. So I'm glad you didn't take my suggestion. <laughs> More Than the Music is sponsored by the folks at the Game Show Network. You know, these days, it seems like every time you turn on the television, there's something that makes you want to shout back at the screen. Well, at the Game Show Network, that's the whole point, but in a good way. They're dedicated to creating family-friendly play-along and laugh-along games that will have the whole family getting in on the competition. Whether you're watching their classic games in the morning or their block of all the original shows from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. every weekday. It's a great way to bring everyone together in one place and on one screen. If you're looking for entertainment that the whole family can enjoy together, the answer is the Game Show Network.
in case you're just tuning in on this uh, <coughs> podcast, it's amazing. A year ago, I didn't even know what a podcast was. I know. And now I'm right here in the middle of one. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a new word, vlog, because I, in my blog, I've used some things that are recorded. And I knew there was, a, I didn't know there was an actual word for that. Did you? What? They call it a vlog as a video blog. Huh. So I'm. Yeah, I'm not very savvy on it either. I have no idea. I'm still working with text. <laughs> yeah, me too. Hey, since we're talking about flog, which rhymes with blog, let's do a <laughs> let's do a blatant commercial here. Are you, uh, Gloria? And I got to be careful in this because uh, I don't want to make this a mutual admiration society uh, <laughs> kind of a time. Except a girl can put words together, and 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 in a lot of ways, I think you do it better on paper. I, I think you're good spontaneously. But man, when you have time to craft something, which she does, we were at Cracker Barrel the other night, just eating a meal, and there were just three couples around us. And I said, "You need to write that up." So she came back, and it was her blog about regular people in Indiana making a difference in life. The governor loved it and sent it out to a whole bunch of folks. And uh, But if you want to be inspired, how often does it come out? About once every two weeks? Oh, yeah, eight or nine days. I'm kind of sporadic about it yet. Okay, so they can, uh, okay, now you tell them all of the technical stuff. I'm not good that, at it. That's all. It's just, it's just called Love Song to My Life. And the, uh, I'd really, I've written a, a song uh, with that title, which um, uh, Destiny McGuire recorded, and she has this beautiful, be beautiful voice. But it just is basically seeing seeing God's love written all over your life, just all over. And I guess I was tired of going to prayer meetings where people were saying, oh, I need a miracle, I need another miracle, I need a miracle. And and I kept saying, but you're stumbling over miracles every single day, and as I was too. And I just think it's about awareness and being able to see God's love written everywhere, everywhere, like at Cracker Barrel or on the hillside where the kids are sliding or, you know, in my garden shed or, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And so God is writing a love letter to you, to me, every day. And I don't want to be stupid enough to miss that, asking for more. I think you get more when you recognize what you have. And there again, you're breathing in the Spirit of God in your very breath of life. And to respond to Him is like responding to a lover. If He's making, you know, comments and whispering in your ear and you are babbling about groceries, you're probably going to miss it. So anyway, that's what started me. Um, it, it really came from a friend of ours who said, um, I'm really going to miss the magazine when we quit the magazine. That's how it st started. And he said, what am I going to do for, for these kind of inspirations for, for me? I'm a pastor. And he said, you should do a blog. I said, I don't even know what a blog is. He said, I'll take care of figuring out what a blog is. You just do it. So that's how it started. Well, we get a lot of great response across the country. 
Most people know what we do uh, because of the lyrics. They, they think that is, that is all that we do, and uh, that's a very important part of what we do. But those lyrics have to be carried in a package called music and melody. And, and it's interesting. Our daughter is, Amy, is big-time Shakespearean scholar, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. She's by an the, actor. An actor. It's about as bright as anybody I know on, you know, on Shakespeare. And I say, okay, now tell me, why does he live? Because he deals with subjects and emotions and stuff that is eternal, that's been here from the very beginning. And it's universal. It's not just cultural. And it's universal. So from the very beginning uh, of our writing, we we really tried to deal with spiritual things that we thought a lot of people would be interested in. Take the um, song that we wrote you know, 30 or 40 years ago, um, uh, It Is Finished, which deals with the historical death and the last words of Jesus on the cross, which is extremely important, uh, basic part of our theology. Our motivation for writing has always been, now why does that make a difference on Monday Mm -hmm. and Tuesday and Wednesday? I think our writing has been to answer the question, so what? So what? What does this have to do with me? And so uh, you wrote the last two verses, yet in my heart... The battle was raging. Not all prisoners. That's that has such a story that it. The images are. Can I tell that piece, or do you want to just go on? No, no. <clears throat> Several things happened. We heard uh, a pastor use this phrase, and Bill's punching me, saying, "We gotta, we gotta write this." And he was an orator, one of the old-fashioned orators, who was just amazing. And it was, you know, it is finished, and he was telling the, you know, and the, the the blood dripped from the cross down to the sand, and the and said it is finished, and the the sand said to the blade of grass, it is finished, and he did this whole thing that was like, woo, this is great. So so we went home, and I tried to say, okay, what is finished? And Bill kept saying, have you written that lyric yet? I said, no, but I. I don't know. Well, in the meantime, the soldiers were coming home from Vietnam. And we watched in our living room one night when they came down that uh, stairway from the plane and and fell down on the ground and kissed the soil of America. And we watched young women bringing babies that had not seen their fathers <laughs> and 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 that they they were alive and they were home and and we just we couldn't talk we couldn't say anything and uh, we just looked at each other it's like <laughs> wow so the the that those scenarios are that's what a writer does you you, you take in pictures, visions and pictures. pictures and things and they will end up in your writing somehow so I'm struggling over this all this year finally there was a news story and this is the key. It was a front page story in Newsweek or one of the news magazines. And it was a the picture was a guy with a World War II uniform and this rusty gun. And he was probably in his 40s, 45, 50, I don't know. And he's holding, he's in this tattered uniform holding this gun. And so I looked at the story 
And this guy had stumbled out of the jungle on one of the Pacific Islands and into civilization and said, are they gone? Are they gone? Where are they? Well, it turned out that he had been guarding this island since World War II. And this happened during the Vietnam period. And, And they said, well, the war is over. It's been over since 1946. And he said, he said, you're fighting a battle that's already been won. <laughs> and that was the thing that clicked in my mind after that a whole year. And I said how that song took a, a year and 20 minutes. So yet in my heart. The battle was raging. Not all prisoners of war have come home. There were battlefields of my own making. <laughs> I didn't know that the war had been won. Then I heard that the king of the ages had fought all my battles for me, and victory was mine for the claiming. And now praise his name. I am free. It is finished. The battle is over. It is finished. There'll be no more war. It is finished. The end of the conflict. It is finished. And Jesus is Lord. So that all those images... You know, that's what a writer does. You just take in the culture, you take in the news, you read the papers, you you think and you read the Bible and you go over that story over and over. How can I say? And that's when I, I said, okay, there's a line. It's a timeline drawn through the ages. And on that line stands an old rugged cross. And physically, what happened when Jesus died, you know, the earthquake and the splitting of the earth and the tearing of the the temple veil that hid God from the real people, you know, all of those in- images then fell into place. And so that, that, I said that song took a year and 20 minutes. Yeah. And our good friends Tony and Peggy Campola say that every year they go to the Philadelphia Symphony before Easter and they do all this great classical work, and then they do Ron Huff's orchestral and, and core arrangement for their last song. It is finished. And they take so much pride in that <laughs> and saying uh, that their friends uh, I say, and I continue to say, good theology is also good psychology. There was a day and time when in the little conservative church that I grew up in, that psychology would not have been allowed in the church, period, you know. Well, it was suspect. You were supposed to pray and God would fix everything. Yeah. But I think we've come to know that we don't get into trouble overnight, and you don't get out of it overnight. And one of the things I ended up majoring in sociology is one of my majors because when I, I didn't even know it existed until I had to take the core program at the at the university. And and when I when I realized that sociology was fixing it is tackling the the groups that you are in. If you can't if you don't change your community, you're probably not gonna change your life much. No wonder Jesus said, Come and follow me. Be a part of this family, this family of God. And, and, and if you grow up in a really broken family and you're in a broken community of people and they're all making bad choices and they're confirming and urging you to make bad choices, then, then you come to, if you come to God in that, in that framework, 
you're going to need some healing people around you, some people that are confirming another life and will will pray for you and eat with you and you know go to movies with you and change your whole way you look at everything. So so I think I I think psychology is a part of that. You have to go back and say, "Okay, what made me so broken?" But God will walk down every memory that you have and one by one heal them. And it and that takes some time and time for one thing for you can bring it to the surface and say, "Okay, I remember this. How did God heal this?" And as you bring things to him one by one, he heals them one by one. Which leads me to another song that we wrote uh, talking about hurts. And, uh, you know, if I pick up the paper one more time and see uh, a young person, you know, who was born in the 80s or the 90s and, and uh, all of a sudden they're gone. They're in the obituary column. Not every time, but, but many times it's because of depression. It's because of hurts that kept building. I'll never forget when we started dealing with this idea of hurt by hurt. The lyric starts out with nobody noticed. Is, is, is that how it started? Nobody saw it. Nobody noticed just how it started. Hurts that were... Boy, I haven't quoted this for a long time. Yeah. Something in cruel tore me apart, and nobody heard, saw how I cried, cried hurt by hurt on the inside. And then one by one, by, uh, hurt by hurt, the painful memories waited in line. Hurt by hurt, he healed them all, one hurt at a time. Yeah. And one verse is like, I built the wall, one, you know, like one brick at a time. You built the wall one hurt at a time, and the walls aren't going to come down. One hurt at a time. Just one hurt at a time. He healed them all. Well, this is coffee time with Bill and Gloria every morning. <laughs> and you're welcome to come to the house. Now, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, it's been a lot of fun to do this. I do this. But th- when I knew I was going to do this one this morning, I said, man, that's going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> We'll just Where are your notes? <laughs> I, I was going to write down some notes of what to do, but uh, I, I didn't even. I love you, my friend, my good friend. I love you too, <laughs> and my lover. Thank you for joining me for this episode of More Than the Music. For details on the Gaither Vocal Band tour dates, the latest Gaither music releases, and much more, visit us online at gaither.com. This is Bill Gaither signing off until the next edition of More Than the Music.